0: The following program is presented to you by the New York State School Boards Association. NISBA's President's Gavel podcast is supported by the Harris Beach Educational Institution's team of attorneys. Harris Beach successfully represents more than 130 school districts and BOCES clients throughout New York State on matters involving school district operations, labor and employment matters, cybersecurity, and student issues. Learn more at www.harrisbeach.com.
1: The school year is underway and school boards continue to face unique challenges brought forth by the pandemic. These challenges are made more difficult when board members are not working as a cohesive team. A unified board aligns their efforts with the vision, mission, and values of their district, making it easier to address district concerns with one voice. For many board members, defining its unity of purpose is still just as relevant as when this episode debuted in July 2020. Let's call this meeting to order. My name is Darcy Dercoli, Director of Leadership Development here at the New York State School Board Association, and I am joined today by my two colleagues. Jamie McPherson, our Deputy Director in Leadership Development Department, and by Mark Snyder, our Leadership Development Manager. Why is it so important to build a cohesive board?
0: Sure, Darcy, I'd be happy to, you know, provide some information here. School boards right now are in unprecedented times. Uh, I think we're all aware of this and as kind of stating it mildly right now school districts are trying to develop their reentry plans and what school is going to look like this upcoming school year. There's a question mark and there's a lot of concern and anxiety around that. Perhaps now more than ever is really the need for boards to be a unified governing body. They're responsible for ensuring the programs are put in the place and for successful operations at the end of the day, that kids are going to be success. And this is going to require boards to work as a functioning unit. The success of the district is intricately tied to how cohesive a school board can function. And a lot of times what we see working out there in the field is that when you have different personalities and you have different perspectives and you have different mindsets that come together, this can cause a lot of consternation amongst boards, which can lead to not only controversy, but it can even lead to conflict. When this happens, it begins to take the shift off of the job at hand and it begins to put the spotlight directly upon themselves. And for school boards, it's really important to understand that they are a governing body, that part of what they need to do is really understand not only the job at hand, but really what is our purpose for service. And I hear a lot of times that we serve for the students, but we need to elaborate more upon that. We really need to understand what is our unity of purpose, what brings us together. So therefore, when you do have those deliberations at the board table. You do so in a professional manner, that you're listening to all sides and you're taking that into consideration. So the decisions that you make at the end of the day are truly those that are in the best interest of the students and the best for the district as a whole. And that's going to take a lot of work. And I know, Mark, you served on a school board. And so what are your thoughts on this?
2: well i I agree that that many times you know when we don't have that collaborative culture we don't have that unity of purpose uh we really do tend to see boards enter into a conflict and into some some discord and what i would what I would add uh, is that uh when we have that discord uh it it becomes a reflection on the district. Everything that happens at the board table is a reflection on the entire district. But when we have those extreme cases in which discord and conflict is demonstrated at the board table, that reflects on your staff, your administrators, and most importantly, on your students. And that becomes part of the story of the district. This takes a toll, not only on the reputation of the district, but on the mental and emotional health of all stakeholders. And so as we have this this drive to achieve a unity of purpose, we have to understand that unity will lead to better decisions for our students and that this unity is really uh, created through our core values, through our collective vision, through our beliefs and our goals. Um, and I, I think it's, it's a good idea to have those conversations, especially when we have new board members joining us, uh, as many of our boards do right now, to, to really set the tone for the upcoming school year.
1: Absolutely, Mark. I couldn't agree with you and Jamie more. And in this particular time where we're dealing with the COVID pandemic and we're trying to see how schools are going to be reopening and to just take another look at uh, what is our mission? What is our vision? What are the priorities of our district? What are our values here in our community? All of those things apply to developing a really good clear cohesive teams. But let me take you to another question. I always say, you know, we know that when boards are in trouble, when the team becomes dysfunctional, there are symptoms that are telltale signs. So I wanted to ask this next question and say, so what are the symptoms of a non-cohesive board? What does it look like when cohesiveness does not exist? Well,
2: Darcy, how much time do you have? Because we, <laughs> we, this could be a pretty long list. Uh, I, I think one of the most common things that we see when, when that cohesiveness doesn't exist on the board is uh, when we have situations in which board members don't understand uh, that they 're micromanaging uh, board members do not understand their board operations and procedures, uh, for example, they don 't know how to participate at a meeting they don 't know the the different procedures that the board has in place for communication and I think uh, you know this uh, it starts with strong leadership and training. I think we really need to depend on our board leaders our, our board officers to to really ensure that uh, board operations and procedures are understood that when there is micromanaging uh, on part of, on the part of a board member, it's pointed out and it is, uh, it is corrected. Uh, another symptom is that, uh, you know, sometimes we see boards that are engaged in conflict, and this conflict is left unresolved. It's allowed to fester. And oftentimes when this happens, boards will reach a breaking point at which the, the smaller conflict has slowly grown into something that's much more difficult to address. And, again, this, it requires strong leadership to, to engage in those difficult conversations to ensure that you're able to maintain that unity of purpose that we spoke of uh, and take it through the conflict and work to a resolution that's amenable to all parties. And I'll let Jamie add to this because, like I said, the, the list, I'm sure, is very long.
0: Uh, this is an ex. Uh, you know, this is a very huge and extensive uh, conversation. And we're trying to provide you some guidance, but one of the main symptoms that I see out there with boards is they don't spend the time in order to build trust. Maybe they had something happen that broke trust, or they just really don't invest in the time to build the trust amongst themselves and part of to build trust is that we need to learn how to be vulnerable with one another. And what I mean by being vulnerable is the ability to get to know one another more than what's on the surface. How do people think? What are their thoughts? What are their perceptions? And by building what's called vulnerability-based trust, that allows board members to be more open and honest with one another. And what we find here is that boards that don't trust one another, they don't have that ability. They can't be open, they can't be honest, and they're very suspicious with one another. By building that unity of purpose, by really understanding that, yes, we're here for our students, but we really need to understand what are our values, what is our mission, and what are we trying to create, meaning our vision. These are all great conversations that can help build boards together, and they really need to invest in opportunities where they can – just have open dialogue with one another so they can build that trust, that vulnerability-based trust. They can be on a better footing with one another and really understand the job at hand because that's what's going to lend itself to being a more cohesive functioning unit.
1: Right, exactly, and we never want the narrative of a dysfunctional board to become part of what is the gossip around town or in the newspaper Um, when we get to that point then the road back to the community having confidence and trust in the board is a very long road to hoe so that leads me to my third question which is what is the call to action then here what might board members do to build and maintain a cohesive and collaborative culture on their board
0: well there's a lot that school boards can do in order to build and you know that cohesive culture and unity amongst themselves one of the things that we really encourage boards to do at least on an annual basis is to hold a board retreat A prime time to hold a board retreat is shortly after you have turnover on your board because that's a really good way to acclimate your new members onto the governance team. During board retreats, you can talk about your operating procedures, how do we as a board conduct business, because by understanding not only our roles and responsibilities, but understanding how we function as a cohesive unit, that's what's going to lend itself to the overall operations and functioning of the board. But board retreats also gives us a time to get to know one another more on that intimate level so we can build that vulnerability-based trust that I just referred to before. And you know, speaking of new members, because we're going to have new members coming on very shortly, is hopefully boards have some sort of on boarding programs i think a lot of boards operate on this mentality that we're electing adults and adults will just figure it out well whether we realize it or not by taking on pawn board service, we're really kind of taking on uh, sort of a new profession, a new career at hand. And, and any type of profession or career, it needs guidance, it needs training. And having a solid onboarding program is really going to help build that understanding, and that's going to lend itself to better overall operations and build that culture of unity and trust amongst the board. Mark, what do you think?
2: Well, Jamie, I'm glad you mentioned having a board retreat and the onboarding program that should exist on your board because both of these are opportunities to have the board get together and really understand the process and the procedures, or not only understand the process and the procedures, but also to understand why they exist Uh, I've had conversations with board members at retreats and at various functions about their operating procedures, and I'll ask sometimes, why do you do it this way? And the answer is, is often, we've always done it this way, or this is what I've inherited. Uh, Taking the time to investigate the purpose behind some of these procedures, especially some of the more troublesome ones, uh, or those things that are creating conflict on the board, could go a long way to getting everybody on the same page and help to build that collaborative culture we're talking about.
1: Great point, Mark and Jamie, and I couldn't agree more. One of the things I often talk about in our board retreats is you must be intentional about the culture you're creating at the board table. That means you have to really think about how do we build a cohesive team? How do we maintain that cohesive team? And it is an investment of time and energy. So if you're not intentional about it, you will get a culture by default. It may not be the culture that you want, and so it's best for everyone to take up that question of how are we defining our culture on our board, and what do we need to do to maintain a well-functioning board? Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have. Jamie and Mark, I want to thank you for sharing your thoughts on today's topic. It's always a pleasure.
0: Thank you,
2: Darcy. Yes, thank you.
1: I would be remiss, however, if I didn't thank the people working behind the scenes. That's Megan Janeiro, Alyssa Maelo, and Al Marlin. My name is Darcy Dercoli, Director of Leadership Development at the New York State School Boards Association, and this has been a production of The President's Gavel. And this meeting is now adjourned.